Hello, friends. Welcome to Originality Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Dalton. And joining me today, as always, is our show's awesome producer, Amanda Foster. What's up? <laughs> we are doing a series on Enneagram paths, which may not sound exciting if you don't know what that is or what that means. But basically, we're going to dive into these whole other aspects of the personality that color who we are, both in positive and negative ways. And it really just shows how truly dynamic each personality type really is. So I'm super excited about it. It's a deeper dive into the Enneagram, something that I'm, a lot of people have heard of, but I, I honestly don't feel like has been communicated super well, mm-hmm. um, especially at like an introductory level. And so like, I am so excited for you guys to learn more about your personality, for you to be able to communicate more about your personality and really just for people to feel seen that like you aren't in just one category of the Enneagram. You are connected to all these different numbers and all these different ways have all these different facets of who you are. And I'm just super excited to dive in. Me too. Who says paths aren't exciting? Paths are super exciting. Also, I feel like, (laughs) like I've been learning a lot about the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. mainly through this podcast. Um, But yeah, I feel like I've never, paths to me are Like you go to this number in health, you go to this number in stress Mm -hmm. and I don't even, I have lots of questions, so I'm sure they'll get answered, but I'm like, if you go to a different number, do you get the good, only the bad of that number if it's a stress number and only the good if it's a good number or do I get another number and then I get the good and the bad for Mm -hmm. being healthy and I get more bad tendencies (laughs) like for the growth but like so yeah so in the enneagram the arrows that show the the growth path stress path they're traditionally called growth path and stress path i think in my mind it just translates as good path bad path exactly (laughs) and i actually think that that's really inaccurate yeah um because in a number of different enneagram teachers have started to talk more about how people take on both positive and negative characteristics of those path numbers but a, a lot of the books still talk about how you go to this number when you're under stress or under pressure and you go to this number when you're in a really happy place but within your own number you have levels of health. So you have, there's there's all kinds of characteristics within your own number already. Like the Enneagram is already pointing out your blind spots and subconscious motivations and unhealthy habits and unhealthy patterns. So all that is still within your core type. And so I think it's really confusing for people when they're already like, okay, I've learned my core type and I know what my blind spots and bad habits are here and what's, what's going to, you know, get me caught and prevent me, you know, what my coping mechanism was when I was a kid and how that developed over time and how that's not serving me as an adult. People learn that. And then you learn about the growth path and stress path. And it's like, oh yeah, when you're under stress, it's, you're not actually doing what you are doing in your core type, you're, you're actually this type, you're becoming this type when you're under stress. And when you're growing, you're not actually taking on the best of your type, you're taking on the best of this other type, you're going to look like somebody else. And I think that's just so confusing that whole the whole way that this has been taught is so confusing. And it's not true to how people actually are, because it's very categorical, and very linear. And people are so much more dynamic than that. So 
I love to think of per- personality in terms of color all the time. It's my go-to. So for example, my personality type, I'm a seven. If seven is the color orange and there are positive characteristics, negative characteristics, neutral characteristics of type seven that I possess, then I also am a wing six. And let's say six is like yellow. So that gives me some different shades of yellow, positive, neutral, negative of type yellow. So that's six colors. And then I, one of my path numbers is one, and it's traditionally called the stress path. Some people even use the terms like integration or disintegration or maturity or immaturity, health or unhealth. Like there's all these different terms. They don't actually make sense. None of them actually work. I'm just going to call them the paths. Okay. Mm. That's what we're going to go with. Um, But as a seven that goes to one, I can take on positive, neutral, and negative characteristics of one. So let's say one is like a, is blue. So then I have three orange colors, three yellow colors, and three blue colors in my little coloring box. And then I also go to five, what is traditionally the growth path, but it's just a path for the seven. And let's say five is gray. Um, or like, yeah, we'll go with gray. And um, I, they have positive, neutral, and negative characteristics of five. Um, well, that is now 12 different colors in my coloring box of blue, yellow, orange, and gray. And that would be like very specific to me. Like I, and, and on top of that, we'll get into this later. There's something called tri-types and Within my tri-type, I am also connected to three and eight. So if three is gold, I'm going to call three gold because, yeah, and an eight is red, then that gives me even more colors in my coloring box. So on any given day, I can pull whatever colors and whatever shades from that coloring box for whatever I need to adapt to the day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's going to be really healthy characteristics of one number or the other, and you're having a good day and you're thriving. And, and I am as a seven, I'm utilizing the enthusiasm and the strategic thinking of the seven. And then I'm also pulling on some of the time management skills of the one, and then some of the research capacity of the five. And I am, I'm researching and synthesizing information for my podcast, which is a very five thing to do. I'm organizing it and uh, organizing my schedule, which is very one thing to do. And I'm connecting with people. I'm being my lovely, warm, expressive self, which is all a seven thing. And I'm also pulling on some of my six wing characteristics of just really preparing and, and working ahead and forecasting like how, how things are going to perceive or what's the best way that I can teach this to people. Mm-hmm. And, but then I can also have a bad day <laughs> and pull on the cynicism of the five. And I definitely have those days and the optimistic reframing of the seven and being overly trusting and sharing too much with people or trusting too quickly. And, and I, I can definitely do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then I also can really take on the perfectionism of a one. Like I've really struggled with the perfectionism 
peace in some of the work that I do, especially creative work mm -hmm. and just being able to like let go and have fun, which is normally a very like stereotypical seven thing. It's is for sevens to be like the life of the party. Yeah. But I don't relate to that as much I can be on like a really great day. But I'm typically like one-on-one -on -one with people. I love deep connection with individuals and I can be very warm and engaging and, and, and help people feel welcome. But I'm not necessarily like the life of the party kind of person. So I don't really fit that description of the seven. A lot of people do. Hmm. But um, yeah, like some of that's my connection to being a wing six and also that connection to one. So anyway, the point is on any given day, we can take on positive, negative, just kind of middle characteristics of all of these different numbers. Yeah. And our personalities are so dynamic. And when people in like a workplace environment, they learn about the, the personality types of the people that they work with. And you have a manager who's like, oh, well, you're a one. So I know that you're going to do X, Y, Z, or you're, you probably feel this way because you're a one. Like people assuming that fours are too emotional for something or, or as a seven that I'm just going to be like ir irresponsible and not have good time management. Cause yeah. sevens are, you know, the stereotypical life of the party fun person that's streaming and in the clouds and doesn't actually get any work done, which is not true. Yeah. Um, because we are dynamic people and we're connected to all these different aspects of our personality. And that is what I'm hoping that people get from this series is how they're connected to these path numbers. And then we're going to go into a series on subtypes and intelligence centers and tri-types. And we're going to dive deeper into all these different aspects of the Enneagram that can seem really overwhelming and very confusing and really have not been taught very well. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to teach each one in a really concise way that's really clear, that isn't boxing people in, but is empowering people to feel seen and to be able to put words to different aspects of who they are that they, they haven't really been able to communicate about with their loved ones or with the people they work with. And so I, my goal is to break boxes yeah. with, with this series. Yeah. And I think you did such a good job of explaining each number, you know, and then like the wings. I feel like I thought I knew what wings were. I know. And then it was like, wow, I had no idea. And it was just so like, it really made so much sense. And so I feel like the same thing is going to happen with this one. So I'm excited. And then again, you're like, so to the point with it that it doesn't like get confusing. So... I think it's going to be good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive in to type one paths. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about type one paths. So type one is connected to four and seven through paths. And, and like we already said, like traditionally four is the path of stress and seven is the path of growth or integration and disintegration. And I just don't believe in that. So just pretend I never mentioned it. And if you've learned it before, kind of put that that whole mindset of growth and stress kind of on the back burner. Like you're kind of learning this fresh. It's a little bit different way of thinking about it. So one on the path to four takes on a lot of really wonderful, lovely qualities of type four. And it really helps 
ones get in contact with their emotions so that way they can process through their their emotions that they they really feel like aren't they they don't have time for or are not worthy of processing or grieving mm. and they they can really process through their desires and that gives them this ability to have a lot of a more emotional depth but as they process through and grieve and engage with some of maybe their their anger or their their deeper pain or unmet desires disappointments frustrations they also are making space in a greater capacity for a fuller range of emotions so when you you know ones naturally they are they are very driven and very motivated to do what is right, to do what is good, to take responsibility and to keep moving forward. They're very good at getting things done. They're very critical of themselves. They're always working to make other things better or to make themselves better. And so processing emotion um, takes time. And for people that are all about efficiency, it doesn't feel very efficient. And and threes, yeah. threes will also relate to that, and so will eights. Um, and, and fives, all those numbers are very driven by efficiency. Emotions don't tend to feel very efficient. On top of that, the ones really struggle with frustration that can develop into resentment. And anger is not a good emotion. So they tend to repress their anger or, or feelings of disappointment or jealousy or, or um, you know, just good emotion being like, meaning what most people see as a good emotion. Yes. What you, yeah. Yes. So, so, you know, they would, I mean, they're, they're black and white thinkers, so they're going to tend to categorize based off of whatever worldview they were raised in, some emotions being, oh yeah, that's a good emotion. Like I can feel frustrated in that, um, you know, things aren't the way they should be or injustice is happening, um, especially if it has to do with like a, a social cause that they're passionate about. They, they tend to categorize good and bad emotions. And I'm not saying that those are accurate, but it's, it's more of like a cultural or um, depending on like, if you grew up in Western culture or like what your upbringing was, your your religious upbringing, like especially in the church, like in, in Christianity, mm -hmm. um, there's kind of a stigma around anger or um, it feels selfish to feel angry that you didn't get what you want because it's kind of like, oh, well, the poor kids in Africa, you, you, mm -hmm. you need to be grateful. Yeah. And so, which... There is truth to, we, we do need to keep life in perspective. We do need to be grateful, but we have emotional responses to things that just happen. They're just natural. And it's, it, it's like our heart is communicating to our brain. And when we try and repress that emotion or we judge it or try and control it, it, it actually does something physically in our body. And so for a one that has repressed a lot of emotion because they're trying to be good and do what is right and they've really invalidated a lot of their emotion as not good and not right and not worthy of grieving, what happens when they begin to take that path, that, that connection to that part of their personality that is for like, is they begin mm -hmm. to make space to actually feel those quote unquote 
negative feelings, those, those emotions like anger and grief and disappointment that are, um, are, are hard to face and even uncomfortable, but are so healthy and so important in order to be present and, and live our lives fully, to feel joy deeply, to, yeah, in, in order to be healthy physically even. Mm-hmm. Um, so in moving to four, ones give themselves permission to express what they haven't been willing to feel. And while feeling their feelings and being honest with ourselves about our desires can be painful and difficult to process, it creates more capacity for a deeper experience of the full range of emotions and helps them to become more grounded in the present. Mm-hmm. The move to four also comes with increased creativity and self-expression. Ones, when they're in more of a four place, yeah. they tend to feel more freedom to quote unquote pain outside the lines. Like mm-hmm. they feel like, oh, all these rules that I've had to live within that have really regimented my life um, and the, just trying to control and regulate and, and be really self-critical of those emotions. When they give themselves space to feel those, it, it gives them the freedom to create in, in new and different ways. So um, the other side of getting in touch with their emotions is that they may experience melancholy. Um, which can help them process those desires and frustrations more fully, but can also cause them to relish in their sadness and feelings of hopelessness. The negative characteristics of four that a one may experience or take on is that melancholy may also come with, as they engage their creativity, they start to become aware of like, oh, I had all this within me. And because I was told that this isn't important, I neglected the artist inside myself and I could have been doing this this whole time. And I just feel like I've wasted this part of life. So it's kind of this hard tension as they begin to engage with um, this whole other side of who they are and they're, they're processing their emotions or giving more grace for themselves to feel things more fully. They're able to create more, but there's also a grief in that. And In a season of burnout, the one moving to four may take on some of the negative characteristics of four, like comparison, and may just kind of imagine or idealize what their life would be like without all the responsibility, without all the restrictions on them, and feel a little bit trapped and a little bit like, oh, my life would just be so much better if I was like this person who didn't have to deal with this and didn't have to deal with this and didn't have to deal with this. And that's really like if one is in a place of burnout and they're taking, they're pulling from the four color part of their crayon box, um, they can take on some of those negative characteristics. One sticking on negative um, characteristics of four may also struggle more with self-doubt, which, you know, they, they are very critical of themselves, but they also can be very sure of themselves in a number of ways. So I think when people come across this characteristic, they're almost like taken like by surprise of like, oh, you seem so certain all the time. Why are you doubting yourself mm. in this? And so I think that characteristic may surprise p- people some, but especially in social situations, or they may even feel a little out of control of their emotions because their emotions are now closer to the surface. So as ones are processing their emotions more, they're engaging with that, it feels a little out of control because 
you really can't control your emotions. Yeah. And so as they are getting healthier, there's kind of this like insecurity that might surface of like, oh, like this is good, but like I feel really out of control. And so there's almost like an overcorrection of like, oh, well, I went to this space, but then I had this bad experience there and I didn't feel as confident and I didn't feel as in control. So I'm going to move back to... Um, some of the unhealthy characteristics of one of just being really self-critical, really hard on myself, disciplining myself more, like I need to be more X, Y, Z, so that way that doesn't happen. So one, moving on the path to seven, they learn to receive grace for themselves and find freedom from the burden of perfectionism. Ones experience a restoration of childlike characteristics like playfulness, spontaneity, curiosity, a friendly warmth, and a fearless sense of adventure. There's this whole other side to ones that I think so many times ones feel is like who they really are, but then they feel like they get put in this box and people don't see that side of them. Cause I think a lot of ones are like, mm-hmm. but like I have fun too. And like, yeah. I like spontaneity and adventure. Like, yes, like I want to make a plan and, and I like plans and plans are good. But like, if I'm on vacation, forget the plan. Like, let's go have fun. Like, let's go adventure. And, yeah. and when, w- or they, what I've seen <laughs> is a one likes to be, not spontaneous, but have fun. And then it's like structured fun. Yes. <laughs> but they still like vacation either way. Yes. They want to go on vacation. They yes. want to have the adventure, mm-hmm. but they're going to know exactly what time they're going to wake up in the morning mm-hmm. to go on said adventure, you know, mm-hmm. is what I've seen. Yeah. So one... That's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. I'll no, stop. you're good. You're good. Um, All good. But yeah, so like a one that is... Um, moving to seven, they are letting go of some of the heaviness of perfectionism and the inner critic there. Um, and this is why it's called the growth path, but you can take on negative characteristics of seven too. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But, um, one moving to seven is letting go of some of the fear that they're going to do something wrong. It's like letting go and having fun is there's there's almost like this fear that they're going to do something wrong attached to it and just mm-hmm. that fear of being out of control and messing up or being wrong like mm-hmm. and 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 it's hard i think for ones to value fun especially depending on their upbringing and so when they move to seven, they're taking on all these like really wonderful beautiful characteristics that they probably didn't feel the freedom as children to walk out, to be super curious and adventurous and mm-hmm. um, spontaneous and playful. They they probably felt like they had to be responsible and good and grow up quickly and, and do productive things with their time. And so there's like this really beautiful restorative quality of the move of a one to taking on that side of, and really it's, it's not that they're, they're a one and they're picking up on this other personality thing and they're becoming more like this. It's that that is a part of who they are. Yeah. They, there is a inner child that loves to play, that loves to dream, that loves to create, mm-hmm. that still like desires to, to have fun and let go and adventure. And so it's, it's in seasons or even in moments when they can 
really access that part of who they truly are and and all these beautiful life-giving qualities come out. So they become more curious as they let go of the need for certainty. They approach life with more wonder than critique or correction, and they adopt a disposition of gratefulness that gives them a more optimistic outlook. Once moving to seven, it, it often looks like taking a break from discipline, whether that's like hmm. in the middle of a day, like let's say like a one parent is spending quality time with their, their three-year-old mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what? We're just, I'm going to live in their world for a while and I'm going to get on their level and I'm going to see the world through their eyes and we're just going to, we're going to let go of the plans and we're going to have fun today. Mm-hmm. And there's like this really beautiful, like, I don't know, that's kind of what I picture. It's, it's a break from discipline and, and it could happen over the course of a season or a vacation, or it could just be like, you know, we're going to have these two hours today. They, they may experience this tension of they're, they're growing in this space of balance between responsibility and relaxing, valuing fun and hard work and efficiency. And I think it's a constant tension within themselves that, yes, they are the responsible, justice-oriented, efficient problem solvers, but they are also really creative and emotionally expressive and and have such emotional depth to them and this poetic way of seeing the world. And they they also are really fun and curious mm-hmm. and desire to adventure and play and enjoy life. So they they have all these things within them. It's that they struggle to feel like it's okay to be all of those things at the same time. And I think as people, we tend to put people in boxes and say, oh, this is who you are. And it doesn't give people space to feel comfortable to be all those aspects of who they are on a, on a daily basis mm-hmm. to be dynamic yeah. as God's created them to be. Yeah. And also as one moves to seven, they are challenged in the areas of hopeful dreaming without expectation and learning to trust and believe in themselves where they are currently at. Um, the negative characteristics that they take on in the, the move from one to seven is they may temporarily take on a slightly um, and a very unexpected, slightly rebellious side. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> but you know what I picture when you talk about the move from one to seven is like, this is such a caricature of it, but I wonder if you, there's no way you would know, but I feel like you just know what I'm going to say. <laughs> but I think of Schmidt on New Girl. When, oh, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think of Schmidt on New Girl when... Um, he, like, Schmidt is, like, the one who cleans the apartment. He's very mm-hmm. clean, does everything a certain way. I don't know if he, if you would say he's a one or not, but, like, definitely things have to be done a certain way for him. He's very structured, mm-hmm. has a very structured job, is in business and everything. And so, um, and, and Jess wants to, like, have a piece of furniture that he just thinks is so awful. And he's like, this isn't good enough for us. It's pine, (laughs) which is so funny because I think he's a lot like Lyric. But Lyric (laughs) hates pine. He's like, we're not going to have pine in our house ever for anything. I'm like, it's so random. Who cares? She, like, really wants to have this piece of furniture. And so kind of, like, tries to break him 
and break this like regiment of who he is and, and all his discipline. So she does, she takes him to the beach and then he's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna like relax and not care about anything. And so then like the whole ecosystem of the apartment, the apartment is thrown just falls off. apart. Yeah. It's like because he's dirty. like, oh, oh yeah, I let go of my responsibilities. Yeah. Let's throw caution to the wind. We're going to fully relax and take advantage of this newfound joy. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like this, like, all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah. And and it is. There's that tension between responsibility and relaxation that I think is kind of difficult for, for ones to not just be, like, all in. Like, I'm all in here or I'm all in here. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, I think there is, like, this, like, slightly rebellious side that comes out of ones when they are in a more, um, like, relaxed season or um, a more, like, they're dreaming and they're going for it and they are, um, they're caring for their responsibilities, but they're not, like, taking on more than they have to. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's something that most people wouldn't see. And, and I'm, and I'm so curious if you are, are listening to this or watching this and, and you are a one, we want to know what this looks like for you. I want to hear more about this. We want to know. So the other potentially negative characteristic of seven that a one may take on is taking on like the escapism of the seven. So like mm -hmm. instead of actually dealing with their emotions and, and using that four side of them, they are just going to be really busy and do a lot of fun things and be really social, but they're not really processing the, the hard things. Um, and then they may tend to take on the optimistic reframing of the seven where they're a little bit in denial about like the reality of things, which is so, so opposite of a Because ones are, they're realist. They're very practical. They're so practical. And they see the problems everywhere they look. They see the imperfections, mm -hmm. the inefficiencies. And so for, for a one to be like optimistic to a fault is kind of hard to imagine, but it happens. It's, it's, it's a blind spot that happens when they are taking on more of this this side of themselves or in the process of discovering this whole other side of their personality. They, they kind of take on some negative characteristics along the way. So Amanda, what... What are your thoughts? This is our, our first paths episode. Yeah. I mean, um, I think what I've never really thought about with the one is how those numbers are so like drastically different. I didn't actually know that the one goes to four and I'm like the like one in four. Yeah. In my head, they're like opposites. Yeah. But then... One and seven are also kind of opposites in my yeah. head. Like the caricatures of the numbers are so different. So different. And I think that's what leaves people feeling so confused and mm -hmm. misunderstood. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but like that's a part of me too, you yeah. know? And so I, yeah, they, they are super different. It's crazy though, because you think about all the numbers that potentially they could go to, like a two... Mm -hmm or a three and like those aren't as drastically different mm -hmm. from a four or a seven compared mm -hmm. to the one. 
And so it's really interesting that it pulls on like the opposites. But then I'm also thinking about the other ones just moving to like what we're going to be talking about moving forward for the the three. Mm -hmm. Like three and nine are drastically different. different. A three wants to be seen and to accomplish and to be loved and need. It's like almost Mm -hmm. like can be very dependent on the people around them. Whereas the, like to, to feel valued, Mm -hmm. whereas the nine (laughs) doesn't need all the accolades and, you know, to feel. And so that's just like interesting. So there's numbers are so different. So another dynamic of the Enneagram that's at play in this, um, that is why these path numbers feel so opposite is the stress path of a number is the growth path of the number it's going to. And the move towards growth is usually that that number in the growth path is representing the virtue that is the opposite of the vice of the number. So for type one, their vice is anger. Their virtue is serenity. And that is even though I don't think of sevens as serenity, but it's a move towards peace that allows them to take on more of those mm-hmm. joyful qualities that we talked about. So that's why those numbers are so opposite. Um, your path numbers do tend to be like the least like you numbers, but are the least um, look the least like your personality type that is most dominant. But it is still a part of who you are, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not not like you because then it wouldn't be you. Exactly. But it's all you. Mm-hmm. And but what's cool is that like validates the idea that we already know of just like how well rounded everyone is. Yes. Like I, you're not just a number, and then you're this very static version of whatever Mm -hmm. that is like we are dynamic people yes and growth doesn't just look like moving away from your vice and towards your virtue number like Mm -hmm. it's not just becoming like this other number yeah it is literally like being healthy being you being your best self within your number that you're that dominant personality type and then taking on these characteristics of these path numbers of your wing numbers to to stretch and to grow and to balance you out to be a more well-rounded person to be healthy in every area of your life and so really being more fully yourself and more effective in all sorts of ways in all sorts of areas that's it for today guys this has been so much fun i'm so grateful for uh, you guys who have been listening and sharing the show please leave a review on itunes make sure to like and subscribe follow us on instagram at originality podcast and my personal instagram just loves personality and make sure to leave a review on itunes um those help people find the show it really boosts uh when people are searching for enneagram podcast it really makes it where it, it tells the algorithm that we are important or something i don't know that people like us maybe i, I guess <laughs> maybe people are listening and so that's super helpful and i really really value that it means a lot i would like to close out our time together with a quote from c.s lewis no man who bothers about originality will ever be original whereas if you simply try to tell the truth you'll become original without ever having noticed it